Hi, film fans, film fans and music fans, I should say. Um, how are you? I hope this finds you well uh, and you had a great weekend. Uh, as I record this, it is Monday the 3rd of April. How is it April already? It's crazy. Everyone's talking about festivals, Cannes and Venice already. It's slightly scary. Very excited, however, of news that Sofia Coppola's new film based on Priscilla Presley's memoir, Elves and Me, may well be premiering at Venice Film Festival. Get me a ticket there immediately. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for choosing to listen to my weekly podcast where I dive into the mind or minds of creatives to celebrate and have a conversation about film and music. That's where and how this podcast started back in 2016 and it's what we try to do every week on the podcast. So many great things around at the minute for you to check out. I don't know if you've had the chance to go and see Rye Lane yet. Always a big thing for us to support new and exciting filmmakers. Uh, we were lucky enough to have Rain Alan Miller on the podcast a couple of weeks ago talking about Rye Lane, her debut feature film. Uh, and if you haven't seen it yet, do go and check it out because it is absolutely brilliant. Such a great watch and music very much at the heart of it. And we've got an exciting couple of weeks coming up with regards to people that we have on. There's a great documentary that had a short run in cinemas. If anybody was around at the kind of turn of the century and was into music and in particular the New York music scene. You may well have read a book called Meet Me in the Bathroom uh, which was brilliant. Lizzie's book was so great. It's been made into a documentary by the same people, Will and Dylan, who made the LCD sound system film um, Shut Up and Play the Hits. This was like stepping back into a pair of comfortable shoes for me watching this film. It was slightly disconcerting but Will and Dylan are on the podcast as is Asif Kapadia, Vincenzo, Lamagna and Sylvie Landra talking about their extraordinary project, Creature, which is the feature film version of a beautiful ballet by the English National Ballet. We also have Gustavo Santuolala and David Fleming on, uh, two composers involved in the brilliant TV drama, The Last of Us, and coming up next week, Diego Luna, talking about Andor. Now, Just wanted to point out for any Star Wars fans who are around, are you aware, well you probably are if you're a Star Wars fan already, about Star Wars Celebration? It is happening from April the 7th to the 10th at Excel London. Uh, For all details and how to get tickets, just head to starwarscelebration.com. I'm very lucky, I'm going to be down there a couple of days hosting a couple of things, an Andor panel. I'm not going to tell who's on it. I don't think I'm allowed to anyway, but there's a lot of people on it. And also Visions, which is this, and if you haven't checked this out yet, it's a great animation series on Disney Plus that gives hands over the kind of Star Wars baton to exciting animation houses from all over the world to make short film animations. First season's already up there on Disney Plus and the second season is on the way and I'm hosting a panel about the second season. So Really excited to be part of this year's Star Wars celebration down at Excel. And as I said, if you want tickets, April the 7th to the 10th, all details online at starwarscelebration.com. Whoa, that was a big old introduction, wasn't it? Shall I get on with this week's podcast episode? It has got a Star Wars connection, in fact, because our latest guest on Soundtracking is the very lovely, the very charming and the very brilliant and talented actor, John Boyega. John can currently be seen in Breaking on home entertainment formats. It's a heist drama that's based on quite staggering true events in which a financially stricken veteran threatens to blow up a bank unless he receives a payment he's owed from his time in the Marines. 
I say to John, you hear this in the first few minutes, that I think that it's his kind of Denzel moment where he gets the opportunity to show us a different side to his acting ability. We've all been enthralled by John and what he's done, whether that's been Attack the Block, Star Wars, uh, Woman King, and many, many more. But there is something about his performance in Breaking that uncracks another side to John that I'm so excited from this point on where he goes to and what he does. The film is scored by Michael Abels and it's with an extract from his suite for the film that will begin. Listen, thanks so much for your time, John. It's lovely to get the chance to talk to you. And um, congratulations on, on Breaking. What, a, well, what a film and what a performance. It's, thank you. It's very exciting. Yeah, and, and I enjoyed working on it. It's one of the best experiences I've had on, on set. And um, we're really, really happy with what we brought to you guys. There's a lovely kind of, kind of story. It'd be great to talk a little bit about it, about, you know, the kind of your history with Kwame and how, you know, that kind of goes way back to to that lovely kind of thing that happens really sometimes where things go full circle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, my first job starting out was at the Tricycle Theatre. I think they've now renamed the theatre, but it was Tricycle Theatre at the time yeah. in Kilburn. And I was doing three plays and Kwame Kweyamar was one of the, the directors for one of them. So, you know, he, he cast me for when I, was, when I was first starting out. Cut a long story short, fast forward to now, he's the one that actually was uh, the main co-writer with, with Abby Corbin on the breaking script so it's like a full circle moment he actually called my agent and was like look this is something that i know is going to be good for john would really sink his teeth into a role like this and then it'll be good for us to like kind of reconnect after so many so many years honestly having kwame involved is definitely special to me definitely special what was your response when you read the script for the first time i think it was uh, my response was like just totally tired to the story very emotional shed a tear i was just like mm. i couldn't believe i hadn't heard of the story before so I was like, how did I even miss yeah. this as it happened so, so recently in, in Atlanta? But then it was, it changed into the possibility, right? It's like, you then start to think, right, they want me to play this role. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much depth, there's so much emotion. There's also a, a challenge in the subtlety too. It's not all kind of like extroverted and, and dramatic. Some of it is, is in inward uh, moments that Brian doesn't even say a word. So I was just like, this is, this is a big opportunity for me as an actor anyway. So. Let me just try and get this, try and get this done. And you didn't have much prep time, is that right? Like a couple of weeks sort of to... Yeah, like around right? about two wow. weeks. Wow. Yeah, about two weeks. Um, the turnaround was tough. You know, with Indies, they had a, a previous actor on it before and, and you know, scheduling and all that stuff, it had kind of fell through. So with the turnaround for them to get back, you know, on set yeah. and we were filming in kind of like a getting to know COVID world, 
we only had two. There was like, we, this is the only time you could do it. So we yeah. had to make it work. Yeah. I hope you take this as a massive compliment, but I kind of, I walked away from watching it and someone had said to me, oh, what have you, what have you just watched? And I was like, oh, I just watched, I just watched Breaking and it's just kind of, uh, and I was like, oh yeah, John Boyega. I was like, it's basically confirmed to me that he's our Denzel. It's like, it's just <laughs> the performance is so great. And, you know, we've been so brilliant watching you, you know, in this journey that you've been on, whether, you know, Tack the Block and Star Wars and Detroit mm. and, you know, Small Axes. But this is an this is a this is another level as well. This is like because so much of it's on you. Yeah, um, yeah, and it, and it, and it 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 felt like that. But what's amazing about it is also my my co stars who were there who were there to help me, especially Nicole Bahari and, and Salinas as well. Um, who who you know it, this does feel like theatre or it being based in one place. Me being the controlling energy of that space because of the circumstance, but them being there as actresses to support yeah. my performance, it meant absolutely everything to whatever you saw me do. It's just a great, it's when it, you add the jigsaw puzzles that it all just works out and, and you, you can watch it and tell that the collaboration was just solid. Because you spend, the character spends a lot of time, you know, on the phone negotiating, having conversations with people. But I was reading that, that it was really important for you to kind of, to be there when, you know, when those things were happening to help to make sure that that connection between those conversations felt real for the audience and for the actors I imagine yeah a hundred percent I think everyone everyone felt that there'd be loads of scenes in which you would be on the phone or kind of like physically disconnected with the characters but because of the way it plays out visually the audience can see both sides mm. we wanted to make sure that those energies connected and so everyone came not just me Mike you know Michael K Williams came in for his off-screen off lines or Olivia Washington, everybody came in to do the due diligence to make sure that whoever was on screen was getting the proper necessary performance to be able to just convey that emotion. And, it, you know, really, really worked. I've read as well, really beautiful experience for you with regards to, I don't even know if you had aspirations to be an actor at that point, but kind of being a fan of The Wire and having, having The Wire DVDs and telling Michael all about that and having the opportunity to work opposite someone that you've, you know, that you'd watched and you'd grown up and admired. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's brilliant because The Wire was definitely inspirational to me as an actor. Not only was I seeing actors kind of really do character work, like get into, like transform into different people. It was the first time I was exposed to a lot of British actors who were in projects and playing American. And I was, I didn't know they were, who were British. And, and that kind of gave me the confidence to, to be like, wow, I can't wait to at least collaborate with someone from the show. And Omar being one of my favorite characters, we came to a point where we were like, we, you know, Abby said, we, we don't know who we want to play the negotiator, but there's one name that comes up, Michael K. Williams. I said, to, okay, let me pen a nice letter. Let's make this personal. Let's, <laughs> can't just be business and just yeah. offer money. Like, let's make sure that they <laughs> tell him how much we, we need this. Yeah. Um, and he answered our call, came down. He was absolutely phenomenal in this. Does music come into your kind of prep at all for, for roles or, you know, when you're kind of, I don't know, when you're getting into to backstory to characters, do you create playlists? Do you do any of that kind of thing? Because I, I think with this film in particular, the, the amazing um, Michael Abels, I think it is, who did the, the score yeah, do the for film, this. The score, mean, yeah. It's just extraordinary. And obviously he's got amazing, I've, I've spoken to Jordan Peele a lot about his work with him, but mm -hmm. but just that, that cello and the kind of, it sets a real tone for that character. And I wondered, you know, whether... Music was something with regards to your prep for Brian. You was something that came into it at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's only one song where I have, happy enough it was actually a score, score from Blood Diamond, the song called 
uh, Your Mother Loves You was wow. the main soundtrack for the prayer scene that Brian goes through when he's having that last conversation with his daughter. Funny enough, most roles there would be, and uh, loads of actors mentioned it's nothing special, but people have like a playlist like for yeah. each character. When you walk into set, where you think it's going to be, I was recently working with, with Jamie Foxx and it was back-to-back tracks played on set. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> it's like being at I mean, club all day, club. every day. Yeah, yes. right, right. It's like everyone has to listen to this, but definitely <laughs> they, they usually hear the, um, a track list, a playlist with, with every character. And I will be more attracted to scores from other movies. It's just that the narrative in itself, for some reason, yeah. um, this composer has made it match the, this, the emotional dynamic of this scene specifically. So Your Mother Loves You was, was the one song that I could use for breaking. In fact, when I would listen to this song, I just felt like Brian wasn't too far away. It just fit, very much gives a, a tone that supports his like mental health where he's at in the mm. beginning of the movie. And it's, it's strenuous, it's emotional. And I would listen to that and I just felt like it just set me in the, it set me in the mode. crazy to think I mean I didn't know about the story either and I kind of you know I, I wish I did and I think it's brilliant that we can do that through art and creativities really you know throw a spotlight on conversations that still need to be had and remind people about people's situations and what they went through um and it's I don't know I think it's one of the many powerful things about this film is that it really does make you think and ask questions and you um it's not really a question as well but just the idea as well that it it's a really beautiful character study of this man, I feel. This That's how it felt to me. Um, and the opportunity to kind of walk the steps of this character study, I said, this is also quite entertaining. Like, I, I've never seen a bank robber that's been so pleasant, you know, who doesn't <laughs> forget his pleases and, pleases and thank yous, which is another dynamic as an actor. It just makes you very, very excited to explore. I, I saw Joe Cornish the other night, which was very exciting. Hey! I was, it was something to do with BAFTA. It's a slight blur, you know, it was him blur, and Edgar yeah. were in the same room together oh, okay, doing, doing okay, something. Cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. But when you, I mean, I know that there's this, there's kind of a word of Attack the Block 2 and he's mentioned he's thinking of aliens in T2. I mean, can you say anything? Because that, I, look at that face, that face said more than what I will say for me is it is exciting. Um, the idea of coming back to shoot something like that at home is exciting. I also think that Attack the Block at the time was the, the first of its kind. A lot of people understood it, but it, it took some time for people to go, oh, you know, this is kind of a, a new, fresh, creative take. So we wish to continue in that vein, but um, obviously there's uh, some new yeah. stuff going. <laughs> yeah. 
whoop, whoop, it's just out of the <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got my, my 14 year old. It's really great because he's at that age where I can have so much fun, like oh, watching, yeah, yeah. watching films you, with him. And it's yeah, kind of yeah. like, oh, mate. Uh, and he's like, mom, I want to watch this one. Can you like, I, I want to watch this one with my mates. Can you? No, I, can I you? can't wait. I can't wait. Because I, I feel like with a, with a film like this as well, like, we're, we're going to bring that London culture back to the to the big screens too. And that's going to be, that's going to be hilarious <laughs> to explore. But it's great now. that you are, because not everybody would feel like they needed to or wanted to. Do you know what I mean? Kind well, that, of. That was the thing. And, that was and I love that you mind. are. Yeah, that, that was the thing that was quite different for me i was just like why, why do we why do we always go back to the states you know game game like this kind of and a much appreciated power and and we are notified but then we don't bring back that kind of glimmer back home you know and at this point at a point where we can raise more money for it we can we can have better access to better visual effects and all of that stuff it just felt like a great a great opportunity for me to go back and and do something back home also i was just tidying up my uh my i've got two boys basically my nine-year-old's um bedroom there before i came in and and i and found your star wars character which was like the most <laughs> weird kind of situation it's like that oh my god yeah. i'm just gonna go and chat <laughs> so weird i know i know I, and some, sometimes uh, i see i see it trickle up in something you know you never know where it's gonna be printed on i tell you are you like on? It's it's such a weird question, but when when you were on set as Finn, I mean, in my, if it was me in my head, I would just constantly be humming like you know the the Star Wars theme tunes and all that kind of thing because it's kind of like oh, definitely, I'm in, I'm in Star Wars. Yeah, for sure. But also, it was like you know you just want to you want to see how this movie is all going to come together when you sit down and watch yourself in it with all these iconic characters. Like there's a there's a nostalgia to that for sure. Have you got aspirations because with this film with Breaking, you're you know you're exec producing on it as well, mm-hmm. uh, you know kind of being involved in that side of it. Is that part of what you wanted to do in the future? You know, continuing on screen, but also very much being involved behind the camera as well, and maybe taking those steps into directing and stuff. Is that aspirations for you? Directing, yeah, we'll be be in awesome. touch about that because that's um, that that is um, I think you have to respect the skill set of of directing going to into training. I don't want it to feel like a uh, agency strategy when I direct but yeah. I think for me starting off it's writing and producing that's just my I, I really have found a distinct distinct love for it you know with writing you know what it is you've got an idea in your head that's cooking and you get to like ex- expand on worlds and ideas that you have as an yeah. actor especially you're inspired by that writing I enjoy producing you're essentially integral to the, the development of the whole entire movie and we all know there's different types of producers i love being a creative producers but a producer i leave the money to the line producers yeah um I, I like i like just you know exercising my creative muscles in that way rather than all of it being in front of the in front of the camera i had the absolute pleasure of chatting to gina prince bythewood as well a couple of weeks ago oh my well, you're, god everyone's she, been in time she well i did a zoom with her for for this and we talked oh, about okay, um, yeah. the women king and the music and stuff and she was amazing i kind of oh, came away like feeling like I could take on the world. She's got this ability to just, she's so calm. And then I, I deliberately saw her in the room on a Saturday night and I, I deliberately went up and said hello and met her in person. And again, oh, she yeah. just had this aura about her. She's so yeah. great. How was that experience for you working on, on The Women King? But that whole, that whole kind of ensemble as well. She oh, was incredible. Violet, I, oh my God. I, I, had a, I had an amazing time. I had an amazing time. I was smiling most of the time i think that you know just being in south africa as well being on african soil shooting yeah. something like that was important 
Um, not so much beauty every day, people's costumes, the aesthetics of the set. And you're right, yeah, Gina remains calm through it all, just ready to guide the actors and actresses and give them what they need to be able to have a good performance. I thoroughly enjoyed my time. I mean, winking. and I, yeah. you know, even when we wrapped, I know I could have spent an extra four months working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, because it was fun. We had a genuine good time. It was genuine good good people in that. To be fair, though, you had a slightly easier job than a lot of them just sat there on your very. own whilst they were all, you know, kind of. Very, very. And I think that's important. Um, in the age of equality, I think it's important for all of us to embrace these subtle changes. <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. With Breaking, I mean, I can't believe that it's Abby's feature directorial debut. That's yeah, debut, nuts. Yes. Yeah. The confidence in um, in the film as a whole, but also the confidence in in how she's given the performances space to breathe and, yeah. and live and exist. I think is just is is a sign of somebody who's got who knows what they're doing, who knows what they want to achieve, mm-hmm. and particularly like you say, being under that kind of independent film clock is yeah, even yeah. more it's, it's a testament to how great yeah 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 no she's she's incredible and and she really really helped i mean this is a film that wouldn't have worked if we didn't have a director that was an an, an actor's director you know mm-hmm. and that's when you definitely have to be the the, the balance in the, the middle balance between the technical side and then the artistic side you know mm-hmm. and for us we really needed to immerse ourselves into this one space that would come to every day so abby definitely helped us um from when we even started to research that she had access to all the paperwork that she gave to, to all of us um, to be able to get into character. She was there to support you throughout the, the whole entire film. I find it really interesting as well, reading about the, the films that, that Abby and Kwame kind of referenced with each other when, with regards to kind of writing it, whether it was like Dog Day Afternoon or Fruitville yeah, Station Day or Denis Villeneuve, Sicario, I think was another one as well, which, I, which was oh, yeah. really yeah, interesting as well. Did they encourage you to kind of get involved in that side of things as well? Or was that conversation something? Yeah. I tend not to do any movie references. Yeah. And that's just my, the, the drama school in me, you know, yeah. the teachers back saying, you be the character, don't act like the character. <laughs> it's just a different, yeah. a different kind of dynamic. So I tend to just get into this specific script and read it like it's a Bible, you know, memorize it like it's the Lord's Prayer and then just, live in that as soon as you get on set because it's just this is happening to this character for the first time in their lives and of course we're shooting a movie but there's something about leaving a little bit that freshness that you know you get you get the audience the audience feel like wow we're we're actually going through this day step by step with this character also oh john it's so exciting to watch you know watch where you go on this this beautiful journey and uh and I really appreciate your time and huge congratulations on breaking. And I cannot wait to talk to you about Attack the Block too. Yeah, uh-huh. no, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to be have to be able to have an open discussion about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and listen, it's thank good you so much. You not on yeah. the carpet. Yeah. Because every time I see you, it feels like I'm freezing. Two minutes before. <laughs> yeah, you're freezing. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are always <laughs> freezing, and I'm getting that sign in the background going. He's yeah. got to go with the next person. Yeah, you too. Take care and listen. Huge congratulations again on the film. Thanks so much, Thank John. Take care. Take care. Bye. Take care.
That's an extract from the score suite to Breaking by Michael Abels, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtrack and with the wonderful John Boyega. Huge thanks to John for taking the time to talk to us. You can watch Breaking on home entertainment outlets now. And if you'd like to hear my chat with the aforementioned Joe Cornish, head to edithbowman.com or wherever you get your pods where you can find all 360-odd episodes of the podcast. Uh, Please do send us an email if you'd like to, I don't know, have a chat, suggest someone, or just tell us what you think. All communication is welcome. To do that, just send us an email to info at edithbowman.com. That's info at edithbowman.com. And do follow us on social channels. We are at Soundtracking UK. And I'll get that episode of John up on the YouTube channel as well. So then, next up, who do we have? Well, we have none other, as I mentioned earlier, than Diego Luna. Now, the interesting thing about Diego is that he's not only a very successful actor, but he's also made quite a number of really brilliant films and music has been such a big part of that creative process for him as you'll hear in next week's episode. I love this conversation and I can't wait for you to hear it. Just to remind you the one more time, Star Wars Celebration, 7th to the 10th of April at the Excel in London. All tickets and details of the programme can be found at starwarscelebration.com. I will see you down there, and I'll see you back here next week for my chat with Diego Luna. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. <laughs>